Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. No rest for the weary on the 4th of July, 4 o'clock. There was a major announcement, and it favored Arkansas. Yeah, Ashton Bethel Roman, son of an NFL player, Mark Roman, who played 10 years in the NFL, uh, number 92-ranked prospect in the entire country. I think he's number 16 overall prospect in the state of Texas, big-time recruit. Uh, looked like Arkansas, Oregon, Texas Tech were the finalists for him. He was kind of a guy that at one point we thought might take his recruitment on into the season, but loved his visit to Arkansas and made the choice. And You know, if you go by the 24-7 sports rankings, Arkansas is in really impressive shape at wide receiver. Ashton Bethel-Roman is ranked number 92 nationally. Uh, Courtney Crutchfield, I believe, is sitting at 60th nationally, 60th or 62nd nationally. Wow. Yeah, he's he's way up there uh, out of Pine Bluff. And then C.J. Brown out of Bentonville is also – he's a three-star, uh, pretty high-end three-star. Uh, so that's that's a nice-looking trio of wide receivers here. So I don't know what else more you can, you can do at that spot. They've got, they're up to 14 in the class. They rank number 19 nationally, which I think is interesting about the class. Everybody that is ranked higher than Arkansas currently has more commitments than Arkansas, except for South Carolina. South Carolina has 13 – Arkansas has 14, again, ranked number 19 nationally, expecting somewhere around 20 total for the class. So it's filling up pretty quick, and there's more decision dates obviously coming this month. Trey, I guess the other disappointment came at 7 o'clock last night. Chris Johnson, a highly regarded defensive back, opted Arizona State. Yeah, you kind of get the – feeling that maybe there just wasn't room at Arkansas, and that could be a, a good thing. Obviously, he's a really good player. and But uh, there's been a lot of talk about Selman Bridges in Arkansas, and, you know, you talk about highly recruited. He's another guy. Uh, I believe he's like 50th nationally. Mm. So he's he's really a big-time prospect and at 6'3", 170-pound cornerback. And, I mean, Arkansas has gotten a real white on board. Jaden Allen, Tevis Metcalf, Hikari Johnson already uh, committed uh, in the secondary. And I would think all those guys are cornerbacks, although I think Tevis would be a uh, – I think he's planning on playing nickel at Arkansas. So, I mean, when you think about it that way, you know, the word on the street from Arkansas' side, you know, seems to be they, they feel pretty good. And then, you know, you talk to people who cover Texas and – they think it's Arkansas leading for him. It's obviously going to be a lot of work still remaining for a top 50 prospect like that, but Hogs seem like they're in pretty good shape. So it could have just come down to more of a, you know, we got four defensive backs already looking really good for Selman Bridges. You know, maybe we just don't have a spot. Wow. Wasn't Johnson a four-star? Three-star. Three-star, okay. High three-star. High yeah, three-star. I think he's top He's top 500 nationally. So, really good recruit. Really, tough to turn down really good recruits. Yeah, that's uh, unusual, <laughs> say the least, at Arkansas at least. Uh, this from the Buzz text line say, hey, 
Uh, please ask Trey, with this year's schedule, who does he see as three lock power five victories for the Hogs? Lock power five victories. Huh. Uh, BYU, I guess, counts. I think they'll beat BYU and Fayetteville last game in a long stretch. Uh, I would say them. I think they take – I'm going to say they take Missouri, even though they never seem to. <laughs> I mean – that one, I think, I feel like every year we just chalk up Missouri. Oh, they'll beat Missouri, and usually they don't. But I'm going to say. It is at Fayetteville. It is at Fayetteville. They never win at Columbia. They do win at Fayetteville sometimes. Yeah. So we'll go with them. Uh, I'll take them against Mississippi State, and I'll take them against Auburn. Fayetteville That's games. four. All Fayetteville games. They only asked for three. You gave them four. Well, I just gave them all the Fayetteville games. <laughs> <laughs> Is Arkansas then capable of winning one on the road? I think they have a shot against Florida on the road, uh, Ole Miss on the road. I mean, these are all obviously tough games. You know, LSU, they've played LSU tough in Baton Rouge. I think LSU's got a really good team, though. But, yeah, I think they can they can take a game on the road. Trey, uh, is, is it so. simple to circle at this point? I'm, that's why I'm saying simple at this point. To circle September the 30th and say that may be, since we're using definitions here, terms, the possible turning point game in the season. I thought it was last year, and that's Arlington against Texas A&M. Is that the game, the turning point game for Arkansas? Very well could be. I I mean, you you look at it, and I just mentioned some of those schools, but, you know, you start out – in Little Rock against Western Carolina, you get Kent State and Fayetteville, then BYU and Fayetteville, and then comes that stretch of games. You're at LSU. It's going to be very difficult to win in Death Valley. I have been there before when they have beaten them, though, uh, a couple times when they've beaten LSU in Death Valley. Once at night, uh, which is very hard to do. That Texas A&M game is the only one of those stretch where you're not a true road game. It's not ideal. It hasn't been for a long time, but it is going to be a split crowd. So, I would say, yeah, that yeah. If I kind of felt like that was a turning point game for him last year, mm-hmm. the way the game turned out, and you know, Texas A&M obviously was nosediving and had a terrible season, uh, and so I think you're probably right, Randy, because after that, you you've got to add Ole Miss, and that's going to be difficult. They can beat Ole Miss, but it's going to be difficult. It's on the road, and then at Alabama, so you've got a stretch there, LSU, Texas A&M, and Arlington. Ole Miss, Alabama, all the way from Fayetteville. So you need to win one at least one of those. If you win, if you go two and two, I think the season shapes up really nice for you. Mm-hmm. If you win one, you know you don't look at it and say, "Well, they just totally collapsed and let go of the rope." But it's it's tough. That's that's as tough a stretch as anybody has in the entire country. Those four games. Absolutely. And then you followed up with a home game with Mississippi State. Then you go right back on the road down to Florida, which we know Arkansas has had a difficult time winning there. What's wild, Randy, is if you take – I mean, it's it's kind of disingenuous a little bit to say it like this, but the day immediately after the BYU game until the um, – until the Auburn game, the day before the Auburn game. That's like 55 days, and you only have one home game. That's crazy. Uh, that 
that schedule, we have already talked about it, but that is crazy, absolutely crazy, to ask any team. I'm not, I'm not yeah. crying on Arkansas's behalf. I'm saying on anybody's behalf. Yeah. Maybe Alabama or an LSU could look at that and say, ah, no big deal. Alabama and LSU would never be could. handed that. They wouldn't be handed that. The SEC wouldn't do that to Alabama. They wouldn't do it to LSU. And they didn't have to do it to Arkansas. So why would they do it to Arkansas then? I don't know. It be, you know, they, they knew the Arlington game was a home game for Arkansas. All They could they could have spaced it where there was another Fayetteville game in that four-game stretch. They, they could have. The SEC sets the schedule. I agree. Brutal. They knew. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas and, and don't definitely – and you can't say they've never done it before because it's the first time in school history this has happened, four straight conference mm-hmm. games away from Arkansas. So in the S- even the SEC hasn't done this to Arkansas before. Nope, it's never happened. Never happened. And, again, Arkansas isn't totally blameless for setting this series up with Texas A&M on the road. Right. But the That's SEC, true. like you said, the SEC still knew that they were doing that. And right. That's right. I mean, but in 2024 – it works tremendously to their advantage because mm-hmm. now it's four at home, four on the road. It's it's no Alabama, it's no it's no Georgia, and the A and M game yeah. is A and M's home game. So Arkansas still gets four Fayetteville games. So in twenty four it works out great, but in twenty three it's brutal. Yeah. Three true SEC road games. You also yeah. go to Oklahoma State that year. Yeah, that's right. All right, this also from our buzz text line. Uh Trey this from the 501 says, Trey, now that it seems like the wide receiver and possibly the defensive uh, backs are in good shape, where do you see the priority shifting now uh, for the class of 2024? Well, they need a, a, another running back in the class. They have Jaden Ball on board, obviously Braylon Russell. I believe he's the 14th. I don't have it right in front of me. I think he's deciding on the 14th. There's the guys deciding on the 10th or the 14th. I think he's 14th. So, obviously, you'd look at that spot, and they could wrap up running back with him. Uh, I don't – I think they'll probably try to get a tight end. I don't know if it's as big a need as maybe some other spots just because they are pretty young there. The two guys they brought in last year, obviously, with Shamar Easter and Luke Haz, bringing in Varquez Gums, who's just a redshirt sophomore. So maybe it's not as pressing a need, but I, I think you'd still like to see them go out and you know get a tight end. Also, Francis Sherman. I didn't mention he's older. He's senior. Uh, so that could be a spot. Again, pressing. I don't know if I would say it's pressing. Um, obviously, they have K.J. Jackson at quarterback already. Now, the offensive line, they have two on board. You want to see them get four pretty much every class. Pittman has said that. Uh, that's – and, and, you know, maybe his, his outlook on that has changed a little bit since the immediate eligibility um, deal has come in. But you, you'd like to see him bring in at least one offensive lineman, and I think two would be ideal. Fletcher Westfall is out there. I think he's deciding on the 10th, four-star offensive lineman out of Virginia. And then shifting over to defense, I mean, let me think. Defensive, they, they got a couple of really good defensive ends. Could use a defensive tackle, I guess. Um Let's see, linebacker, they could use a couple of linebackers probably. Um, and it's hard to say on defensive back because they're so interchangeable, but maybe a safety. 
in addition to, to what they have. I don't. I mean, they've already got four on board. You'd be looking at five overall defensive backs. They, they could move those guys around uh, all over the place. So, and and in this time, uh, this day and age, it's, it, you know, there's there's kind of just a sense that you just go out and you you get you get guys at each spot. You know, you just kind of fill up your class kind of evenly, spread throughout, and get guys at each spot because you do have the ability to help yourself immediately in the transfer portal if, if something doesn't work out. So I would say a lot, I would say a safety. They have Juju Pope on board, four-star safety, uh, six foot, 195. Uh, try to get another one. There's a few that are pretty warm on Arkansas. I think if you can get Selman Bridges at cornerback, that would be a, a huge addition. And then linebacker, you know, there's a couple of guys inside the state. So Brian Huff, uh, Wyatt Simmons, you know, there's a couple other guys that Arkansas's you know, in the mix with, but you'd love to get those two in-state guys. And then I think they're solid at defensive end with Kavion Henderson, Charleston Collins, who four-star defensive ends who are committed, defensive tackle. I think you just get one more guy there. You know, you lost, obviously, Deion Stutz with his passing. We still list him as a commitment, obviously, but he's, you know, you know the situation. It's it's a tough deal. Uh, so probably go out and get a, a defensive tackle and then – a tight end, a running back. I think that if they, if they get the guys I named off, I think that puts them at seven. So they have 14 commitments, so that put them at 20, and that's kind of what we mm-hmm. said might be the magic number for them, 20 high school recruits, 10 transfers in the future. Trey, does it, does it appear to you, I mean, this is my observation, the holes that, that Arkansas is plugging – Uh, out of the transfer portal, seems to be on the defensive side, whether it's a defensive tackle, a linebacker like Antonio Greer. Um, We already know what's going on with McLaughlin at at corner uh, transfer from Georgia. So it it seems to me that that where they choose to use the portal effectively is on the defensive side of the football. I think they – what do they add, like 11 defensive players? I mean, they're not neglecting offense, No, 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 I don't mean that. I'm, I just yeah. feel like they, they fill the holes. Yeah. They feel I, I pressing think, on the defensive side. Right, so they got two defensive tackles, two defensive ends, two linebackers, and I, I guess five defensive backs. Is that what they ended up with, five defensive backs? So uh, definitely more of an emphasis this year on the defensive side of the ball. And then offensive, three wide receivers, a tight end, an offensive lineman, and that's pretty much it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's pretty close to it. I might be missing a guy here or there. So, uh, but yeah, it should. I mean, it might just be how it worked out this year. But yeah, uh, there's no question that they looked to defense, and they really needed to shore the defense up more. I mean, the offense had issues in short yardage, but aside from that, 471 yards per game. You know, fill some guys in here and there, and. Uh, should be pretty solid on offense defensively i mean they were atrocious they gave up 90 plays of 20 yards or more and led the country 131 uh that's a bad way to lead the country <laughs> they, were, they were they were last so i guess they were last uh in and um in that category but uh 90 plays of 20 yards or more that was a stat josh pate brought up and uh 131 in pass defense just they were atrocious on defense last year, so I guess it's no big surprise they went out and looked for some immediate help, and they got it. I mean, you have nine 
nine senior defensive linemen and a real three deep on the defensive line. Nine seniors, though. And some of them are redshirt seniors. Some of them are true seniors. Some of them are redshirt super seniors. Some of them are true super seniors. There's like four categories of seniors now. And, uh, but they're seniors. And so, to me, that's, that's always a good sign when you, you got some veteran guys up front. So. I've got two different lists I, hear, I have uh, here in front of me. Both came from hogsports.com. Uh, one of them is Arkansas's football projected 2023 depth chart, that by Trey Biddy. And then the other is the final Arkansas football scholarship distribution for 2023, that by Trey Biddy. And um, just looking at both of them, of course, the, the football scholarship distribution, Trey, to me, is the one that really is where the, uh, I guess you can say the rubber hits the road because, I mean, these are the ones that are your 85. Mm-hmm. And I know we've got projected depth chart. Uh, that one is basically you're building off of the scholarship distribution. But uh, as I start looking at, at both of them, I mean, you, like you say, you start jumping over to the defensive side and you start seeing all these, all these new names on there. And, uh, well, on the offensive side, Armstrong, uh, Tesla, Broden, and Crockett, even though he is a walk-on, uh, Marlon Crockett came from Memphis. So, in effect, he came out of the transfer portal. So yeah, he did. And, of course, you got Varkese Gums and mm-hmm. Francis, uh, Francis Sherman. I think I, right. missed Francis, I think I missed him earlier when I was going through it. Uh, but Francis Sherman tied in. And then Joshua Braun, those are your 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 additions on it from the transfer portal. And you also, you know, you got uh, you need, while you're mentioning Marlon Crockett, you also got Tommy Varhall, mm-hmm. who's a six eight, three hundred and what is he, three thirty or so, maybe bigger than that, uh, who transferred out of Maryland. So, you know, they got some some walk ons out of the portal as well. And Chris Rhodes is a is a really good you know potential prospect who. Is going to play wide receiver for him, who comes out of Butler County Community College. He's a walk-on, uh, but a guy that they recruited. They brought in and on an official visit, you know, so uh, he's another guy. The other well, – we're going to run out of time, so I'll, I'll save it for tomorrow. But uh, it is the breakdown by class that, to me, is, is also very impressive, the balance they tried to create there yeah. among the class. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. Now, okay, Rick, bye, you, you got to get the most out of Trey between now and Friday because he's on vacation next week, so you better line Ooh. up your questions for him okay. right now. All right, well, let's think about him. All right. Okay, bye, guys. Take care, Trey. That's Trey Biddy being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company.